This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Another week, another dawn, another day, (laughs) another... Really depressed today. <laughs> sorry, sorry, listener. We will be honest, sorry. listener. We were a little. We were. We we weren't too Jaded. sure whether we were going to do this today. <laughs> Jaded. But actually, I'm really glad we did because we, we we covered a lot of ground, mm. and of course, we it was it was great hearing from you, listener, and then incorporating your thoughts, fears, and worries into our chat, which is what this podcast is and, all about. And also hearing from the teens in our lives, which we yeah. haven't actually done in many of these chats yeah. in recent weeks. We've just not we not wanted to really burden them with that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we get a chance to hear from Kalitos and, and from Maddie. And I think actually moving forward, we will now every week because mm. we really do need to hear what they're saying and yeah. what their friends are saying to, to help parents out, to help parents get a bit more of an insight. Hello and welcome to this week's Confessions of a Modern Parent. Did you hear the way I was trying to be really jolly? I know, it was beyond (laughs) fake. I didn't buy it for a minute. I don't think anyone listening will buy it. It almost annoyed me. Sorry, listener. It's just... You're still doing it. It's just that (laughs) today coronavirus and the pandemic is really pissing me off and actually the first thing I thought of this morning the very first thing I thought of this morning before my eyes were even open was Maddie just Maddie that's That's our eldest 17 year old she just came into my she was there present it was almost like she was in the room and I was thinking because yesterday she had such a low day didn't she Mm. and I was just thinking how do we how do we help hold her today? What mm. do we do today? I mean, she was amazing. She pulled herself together, didn't she, and did a little Insta gig on her Instagram. But mm. she had a day that was so low. Whoa. And I was thinking of our listeners, actually, through a lot on and off yesterday and thinking, God, we're all going through this stuff, aren't well, we? I, I know, I on different ad- days of the week. I must admit, every time I think about us having these chats... As we've said on many other of the chats, you know, it gets a bit trite to think about, oh, let's do something about X, Y and Z in in normal life, in real life, in ordinary life. And really, I think what this is becoming and what this is evolving into is a kind of oral diary, audio diary of our experiences as parents and your experiences, listeners, as parents during an unprecedented global catastrophe let's not be around we the bush but i think that word. But I, I do i tell you what i do feel in terms of thoughts around all of this parenting where we're at you know there's an element of tiredness and resignation that i think has crept into everything i think has crept into being parents is i'm noticing a different sort of um weariness weariness in the kids you know maddie reached out and you know for a hug yesterday and she had a little mini breakdown she's missing a boyfriend um you know, the girls are, there's a there's a flatlining that's happened. And it was interesting because we're kind of getting to that point in the, if you like, the story arc of this crisis, where everyone's talking about how we come out of it. And I think we all thought and felt and hoped and wished that there would be an element of kind of, not opportunity exactly, but okay, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. But as Maddie said yesterday, she said, Dad, 
I don't want to trust that they're going to start to release or, or, or loosen lockdown this Sunday. They've said they're going to do it before and then it's always delayed or it's never quite what we imagine it's going to be. And but it's not only that, like she said, but mum, life's never going to be the same again. Absolutely. And it broke my heart. I was just, I was just, I was just struck dumb because I thought, what can I say? There's nothing I can say. Children and young adults touch each other all the time is part of being a child you know mm. and when i saw the photos this week of german schools mm. with the marked out two meters mm. and i was just again i was so glad our kids are homeschooled to be honest because mm. i thought what a horrible horrible adjustment they're going to have mm. to make it's like my friend said to me yesterday she said you know what kids want to do is chase each other up and down the blooming corridor mm. they want to be lying all over each other in the mm. canteen they want to be snogging around the back of the bike shed how will this work how mm. will this work the new normal as adults is horrendous the thought to us but we can calibrate it in a different way they're just at the cusp of all of this, mm. of their lives. That's where they feel. They're like, here, there is my life and here it's coming. And, and, it, and it looks very bleak. But so, I, I also yeah. think we're at a very different point in the whole in the whole parenting situation. I mean, we've often, I think I've used the marathon analogy before where, you, you know, to begin with, it's new and you're going with just yeah. the sort of almost the hormonal hit and the adrenaline and everything else is just going nuts. And then you get to the sort of, it's the physical slog. What have you got in your in your body? Can you tolerate it? And then the last part is all in the mind, isn't it? It's the last part is the mind. I feel slightly like I'm running a marathon with all those, well, the three people who are closest to me, you, you and the girls. Um, and I'm now having to drag all of ourselves with cramp another six to eight miles. And that's how it feels metaphorically. I feel like, you know, we're all having various days where we get little spurts of strength and we can one of us can push through, but the collective can't or one of us isn't so effective and the other isn't. And it's really, really hard. I mean, to be honest with you, just the thought of sitting down and talking about it, I just wanted to avoid it today. So if I'm feeling it's really that, difficult coming in here today. We both said hmm. we actually considered not doing a podcast this mm, week and we, mm. we we are we're not those kind of people really you know no. we've committed to this but we really did our hearts felt heavy with the thought of thinking about this stuff but you know now that we are sitting here talking about it i feel so much better than we are and i think that's why this is so good but this, the, but this the main reason platform because we're all struggling with this aren't we to, to the listener we're struggling with Oh God! Should we just push this away and not think about it? Um, it's it's too insurmountable. But actually, if we take each problem and just talk through it, yes, we're not going to come up with solutions. But just getting it out of your own body by voicing yeah, it yeah. does help. Well, yeah, but I was just going to say. I mean, my only concern with doing it at all isn't about not doing it. It's about running the risk of saying the same stuff. And I think it's an interesting parallel. Not wanting to necessarily record this today for me. And not knowing, increasingly not knowing what I can say to comfort the girls. It's the same kind of thing. It's the same impetus behind me. I don't know what to say right now that shifts the, the, the discussion on. I don't know what to say right now that can change our perspective on it dramatically enough that we can all come out of it going, yeah, well, actually, that's a good point. Or that's a fair point. Because we are all victims of this. No, you know, and as we keep seeing, you know, countries, leaders, you know, scientists, no one's agreeing on anything. No one agrees on anything. And it struck me that perhaps one of the most 
sort of critically important discussion that's going on for parents right now is the age-old, well, it's become the age-old in the last seven weeks, question of should children return to school? And this strikes me as a really interesting conversation for us, especially because we homeschool our children, but especially also because so many of our, our, um, you know, our, our, our children's friends go to school. What is what is our take on it? And I was thinking, what would I be feeling if I was a parent? Obviously, both our girls are homeschooled. But if I was a parent thinking about, you know, sending my kids back to school, how would I feel? How would you feel right and, now if you knew you had to? And a couple of days ago, we asked you on our Instagram um, to 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 you know, to present what questions and what, what things you're struggling with. And this came up time and time again, didn't it? People yeah. were really worrying. Mm. You were really worrying about what you're going to do if they suddenly say, OK, everyone's back to school on Monday. And that seems to be across the board a big worry. Um, I, If they said to me, if our kids were still at school, I would... Wow, it's very, very difficult... It's very difficult because I want to protect us. I don't want to get coronavirus. Mm. As much as people say, oh, well, look, probably everybody's going to get it. Mm. I don't want to get it. Mm. I'm doing everything to make sure that I don't get it. Um, But when it comes to our kids, then I feel like I will take so many more risks than I would if it was just us. So... It's difficult to think about school because they don't go to school. But if they were to say to if they were to say the government would say, okay, from next week, your kids can have ten people around to stay the night. Now that wouldn't that wouldn't sit well because I think well look at all the evidence here. This is how mm. it works. But I would probably say yes. Mm. I would probably agree to it. So what do you do if your kid is desperate to go back to school? And that's well, where all their socialising is. And it's not about just about the learning, but they actually just want well, to go back to Well, I think there are so school. many components to it, aren't they? I think we underestimate the fact that we keep talking about how adults are too scared to go back into society because we've been successfully yeah. told to stay at home. What are children making of this? Children aren't going to be running around going, isn't this great? This, they've got time off school, but they're also aware that all the adults in the world are a oh, bit scared. Yeah. They're also going to be going yeah. back to a school that's going to look materially different to the school they came from. And they're also, they're scared about infecting that because they kept being told, yeah, yeah. save the people you love. Yeah, you might absolutely. want to go out. This virus doesn't hurt you, but it could kill your gran or it could kill your dad who's got yeah. you know underlying health conditions. They're terrorised. They're absolutely terrorised. Absolutely terrorised. terrorized. Um, and I mean, you know, someone, I'm just trying to find it here. There was a comment from someone who said something about the fact that, here it is, uh, Grace Kelly Foyland says that in March, the government told us kids were super spreaders. Yeah. Now saying they're not what to believe. Well, exactly. And, and this, this... And they also told us we were safe to go to large events outside. Yeah. And now we know that's what caused the spread. Now, I think it's safe to assume that there are a number of contingent elements here. You know, the argument that keeps being proposed is children are less vulnerable to obviously severe illness. We're not talking about the actual health in this decision. I don't think the dilemma in this decision sits with the health of the children. I think the health of our children is mm, pretty... A lot of people that I've been talking to are very No, no, no. There's because obviously, there are some children There are that obviously some. That, no, mm. absolutely. There are obviously some. But the bigger concern, and by far the biggest concern, 
is that many of those children come from families within which there are going to be people who are vulnerable. And as I've said many times on many of our other content on our YouTube channel, I worry about all those people who have underlying conditions that are undiagnosed. So, you know, that's when it becomes a bit of a Russian roulette situation. Now, at some point, schooling has to happen. But I'm hearing that schooling in many of the private school sectors, perhaps because they're better funded, perhaps because they've got the capacity to do it, because uh, and because parents are paying with their money. Again, it's the bloody strength of cash. They're managing and they're maintaining distant learning from school. If we could guarantee that for all of our children across the nation, I personally think, I would argue, it's the, it's the government and it's the nation's responsibility to sufficiently educate our children online until September. Mm. When we have more clearance, we're yeah, about to hit the I summer. I I, we're about to hit the summer. It's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. But why run the risk now mm. to offset the... So, so that's the educational side of it for kids. On the social side of it for kids, I think you're absolutely right. I think we have to explore and look at some form of increasing their sort of social reach. Now, not everyone has gardens, but everyone has access to parks. I do think you could have... Um, a system whereby you have a bubble that's not as big as 10, but maybe is as big as three or four. You've got the awful situation where some friends are going to be chosen and others are not. I mean, I was thinking about this. Yeah, this, could become the, this could become a big problem. new problem for kids. It's like when Who's you get, get left behind when they're choosing the, the absolutely, football team. Absolutely. Or, but I'm yeah. sure there might be, there must be a way of finding some capacity for them to see each other safely in, in a public space and you keep the numbers low. You know, and that's technology. It's, it's in, possible to police so it's just going so to is, have so to be school. it's going to have to be they're going to have to hand this over to the to, to the parents and, and allow the parents to be sensible about this because there is no way yeah. that this can just work yeah. this is just the, what we've learned through this pandemic st shit can't be sorted out anymore <laughs> No, 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 no. We just Quite. get to a kind of thing that might be okay. I mean, look at the situation now. I mean, it's horrific. I know. People I mean, are suffering terribly. Yeah. People, women are being, well, women are being murdered in their own homes by their own husbands mm. because of lockdown. Mm. You know, we know that there is now, We, I think we're so used to governments and nanny states really sorting stuff out for us mm. and this they're not really going to be able to do no, but even... so it's going to be have to left up to be, it's going to have to be left up to the parents to make sensible choices yeah. having been given the information yeah. the problem is so many of us don't trust the government and the information that no. they're giving us and i think that's the biggest 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 lesson that i hope the nation has learned from this now we don't want a revolution we don't want lawlessness and we want you know, a relatively, you know, sensible observation of law. Mm. But if the if the government was to suggest that it was a legal requirement that your children go to school, I think that would be an absolute error. I, I think of all the of all the times and of all the situations in life, I think what you have to say as a government to your to your the parents of your children in the country is it is actually your choice. It is actually mm. your choice mm. until this mm. point in time, mm. whether to send your kids, because that mm. would suit some people who have got no economic choice. It would suit some people who've got just no domestic choice. It would suit children who are possibly at risk. Mm. And it would allow those who are really, really, really worried about their kids because of extended members of the family or their own children's welfare to mm. exercise that mm. choice. And I don't we see... We need the right to yeah, choose. Yeah, I think we have we the really right to choose. Do. And I don't think you have letters being sent and fines and, and all this kind of stuff that I keep being really talked about. Well, I know, but we are such an... Can they really I mean, fine people that, that, that don't feel... I wouldn't put it past them. They're still sending tax demands to people who can't afford them. I mean, you know, it's like the system, so many parts of yeah, the system just is not acknowledged 
acknowledging yeah. what the hell is going on here and that it reaches beyond mm. paperwork and it reaches beyond administration. Mm. It, it is this is the this is the nuts and bolts, the gristle of being a human being. And this is what really upsets me about it, because you've got these fucking pontificating, you know, politicians sitting there saying, you know, don't take this tone, don't take that tone. If there's ever a time to take whatever effing tone suits you because you're slightly scared and worried and you're not seeing coherence from the government, now is the time. You know, we were taken into lockdown late. And my fear is we're going to be brought out of lockdown early. It has been proven in the statistics that, okay, you know, when when all of the statistics on the planet come through, we might not be at the second or the first or whatever. But the point is, we haven't dealt with it well. So why are we and how are we as parents to trust mm. this government exactly. in telling us what to do with our children? And that's certainly what a lot of a lot of you guys have have shared with us. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. And, and I suppose also there are the people. I mean, there are many parents that are desperate for their kids to go back because they are very fearful that they're getting behind um, with their schoolwork. Well, Lots of people are saying choice. that, and yeah, and and the, and that their children are saying that as well. So you've got you've got the actual the real fear terror for their education which i just think i don't think a couple of months you're going to slip so far back you can never be redeemed mm. um then there's a fear for actual their health and safety but then we heard from bod 81 who said I i'm not worried about anything i'm enjoying the sense of freedom freedom this has given them time to be alone and just be mm. and that really gave me goosebumps mm. because that's what we have with our children being homeschooled isn't it i mean it's very don't get me wrong it's not an easy road and we've made lots of mistakes with our homeschooling. Mm. But sometimes we have moments of such incredible beauty, don't we, mm. when we see how they, that freedom and the way that they can just blossom and the way no, that they absolutely. can be self-starters and the way and the thoughts that they come to you with because I think of that vast time and space that they have to just be mm. and so there are going to be those parents that are like terrified of going back to the schedule mm. and they're like you know the relentless um early mornings late nights with homework and I really feel for them as well because they might not feel that they can actually say like be valid in saying I, I'm, well, I don't want my children to go back well, to school I mean it's not you know we can absolutely say that this is one of the most stressful societal uh, crises we've ever been in and yet the irony of it is is that though I promise you I promise you I promise you that the vast majority of children and a sizable majority of parents will be sensing that despite this awful crisis and all the stress and all the fear and all the worry, it's probably the only time that they as parents, us as parents and the children have also been released from a very other different type of permitted stress all the time. Mm. It is a constant, constant, mm. you go to school from day one almost until you leave you're tested, 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 tested. Obviously, the educationist, you know, the teaching mm. teachers and everything do a grand job of trying to, in a sense, conceal mm. that process from mm. the kids. Otherwise, it would just be and a they, thoroughly they unpleasant. Have, we've got friends that are teachers. Oh the God. testing, they hate it. They yes. said it's got out of control now, in this country. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the other part of the whole equation about sending your kids back to school is, of course, you know, the teachers. You, you know, you've got a lot of teachers with underlying health conditions. Yeah. You've got a lot of teachers with relatives yeah. with underlying yeah. health conditions. You've got lots of teachers saying, I don't want to put myself at risk mm. meeting parents in the playground. Mm. You've got parents saying, I don't want to put myself at risk of meeting teachers. Mm. I mean... And the teachers are saying also... 
that you can't, they're under enormous stress, aren't they? A, with having to suddenly be performers and movie directors and make films for online learning and all of this. Mm. And so that they're finding that very stressful. And then they're also very worried about policing a two metre distance. Oh my God, have you seen the the photographs in China where they're sitting with noodles on their head two metres across? Yeah. They said, okay, A, it's very stressful, especially with primary school kids yeah. because you have to get closer to them and okay that's going to be very stressful maintaining that in the classroom but we can't maintain that when they go out in the playground mm. i think it's very i think there's a very simple act that needs to happen if i was the prime minister i would say we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hand the uh the choice over to you as parents and to the and to schools individually you can manage your own affairs each school manages their own affairs. They put out a poll. How many people will, will want their children to come to school or will allow their children to come to school? You do an assessment of how many teachers are willing to go back to school and then you match the two up. Because until a certain point, you have to have a cutoff point. But I think we're racing towards a solution now. We're, we're trying to race towards this freeing up of the lockdown on in every walk of life without really any due regard as to whether the timing is right. We've just gone for this really sort of quite notional, well, it's we can't we can't do it for another three weeks, thought. Well, yeah, it's just... We can do it for another three weeks in a different way, actually. I just, I just can't imagine how scary this feels for parents. And, oh, my and, God. And, and, not, and not knowing. And we'll, we'll, we'll tell... I mean... You know, the whole this Sunday we're supposed to be hearing how the lockdown measures are going to be um, adjusted, and I, I was thinking about this last night. I was thinking, imagine if you're a parent that really, really is worried about whether they're going to send your kid back to school. I mean, what's he going to say? Is he going to say, okay, right from Monday, from yeah, tomorrow? I yeah. mean, obviously, or, or by midweek you're mm. all back at school. It must be, it must be absolutely terrifying, and I. I like you. I th- I think I agree with you. I think just make it, just give people the space. This is not they are not mm. going back until September. Because mm. I think that and, and then make that work as an online learn- and learning. And I think I think almost knowing it yeah. would, would relieve an yeah. enormous amount of stress too. But yeah. also with the option of having a small choice within there too, yeah. because. I just think you know we keep hearing this thing about being treated like adults. Treat us like adults. Treat us like adults. I mean, they're trying to treat us like odd adults. Mm. by kind of giving us weird bits of information. But they're not actually affording us the respect to make our own choices. You know, I recognise that you have to... I think, you know, by and large, we keep hearing about the few that haven't observed lockdown. I think as a nation and across the world, many, many people have been very respectful of the need to adjust their you oh, know, their lifestyles. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have halted it in the way that we've halted it. But I've only got to go out in the streets and see that it's being yeah, adhered to. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think we've, as a country, we've done brilliantly... But we don't want to, like you said, we went into lockdown too late and we don't want to come out too early. And yeah. imagine if we go back to that peak. Oh, I know. And the schools. Is that is your it... stomach? No, it's yours. Oh, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like it was coming from another part of this room. Sorry, guys. Um, Izzy 101 echoes all of this. How am I going to cope with the kids going back? I'm going to miss them. I hate change. I'm worried if it's going to be safe for them to go back when I've kept them safe at home. Yeah. I mean, there is that thing of the bubble of safety, isn't mm. there? We're, we've all got our own little bubble of safety. And I tell you what, it's a real shock having gone into into loose women on monday i was really uh, i was taken aback by how difficult i found it mm. how 
almost agoraphobic I've become. Right. Felt safe the whole time I was here. It's really unnerved me. Yeah, yeah. And I bet by about Saturday, I'm going to start thinking, oh, okay, cocaine mm. again on Monday. Okay. I mean, I'm thinking the whole time about what mask I'll wear and what. So it is, it's, it's not, it's not easy. Imagine sending your three kids yeah, back absolutely. out to school, different schools, onto buses, off buses. Yeah. I, I mean, mean how are they going to get there? Exactly. Think of all the constituent elements of a kid going to school that yeah. involves them coming into close proximity yeah. with someone else. I mean, I feel jangly popping to the shop to get yeah. bare essentials. I feel jangly in my core. And I've because, got the luxury of going mm, in a car. Because the a, government has terrorised us. And as we said at the beginning, we mustn't forget, even though our kids might not be saying it, they have by dint of that terrorised our children absolutely, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think to send them all packing off to school is 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 almost a dereliction of duty. Oh my goodness. Um, because we haven't had the teens' input in the last few weeks, um, we, we've forgotten that we've got two voice notes. We nearly this wrapped just, up without this them. Is, this is fabulous. So yeah. we asked Carlitos, um, how do you feel about the prospect of the government saying that you might have to go right. back to school. Good. So let's have a listen. Yeah, be good to hear. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of on the fence about this subject. I, I have two points about this. Um, firstly, I want to go back to school. I do. I miss. I miss my friends. I miss the teachers. I, I just. I just do miss everything about it, really. But it's not just about my friends. It's the whole environment and kind of having that routine of going by myself and being independent that's what I miss and I think us teens also kind of miss that social aspect provided by the classroom as well if you, I don't know if you know what I mean by that but it's this like having that conversation with your friends I miss that um and also some of my friends are leaving to go to other schools and a few of them are going to other countries as well so I never really got a chance to say goodbye to some people, which is quite sad as well. So that's another point why I want to go back. But however, I do disagree with the government send, wanting to send us back to school so soon because I'm aware that when we do go back, it won't be like normal. It won't be back to completely normal. And that's that's understandable. But I feel like the government is almost testing on students like experimenting the safety precautions that they've set on us and I don't I don't like the idea of that but um don't get me wrong I mean school is vital but I don't feel comfortable going back until I know that there is like no risk there um I don't want because people don't want to be going into school thinking that they could catch it there and pass it on to their families and What's the point in social distancing if we're all going to be crammed into buildings with other people anyway? So personally, I just don't see the point. And I feel if they really want us back at school, then maybe do like classes on video call apps until it's scientifically proven that it's safe for us to return. That's what I think anyway. What an astute well series done, of observations mm. there. I mean, astute is the word. Mm. Um He's absolutely right. I mean, what is the point of sending mm. children to a school where they can't socially mm. distance in the way mm. that they're asking us all to, and then they come back into a world where no one's socially distancing, no one's coming close in yeah. the way that they have done at school? That's why it makes messages. 
And I'd wonder whether he says something else there that's quite intriguing. Do you think this could be the way in which they want to test social distancing mm, measures? Hadn't thought of that. That it's a sort of dry run or it's a dummy run, a dress rehearsal of how it could work in other environments with a part of the population that the government deems mm. to be the least at risk. Mm. And then he follows through with another thought that we've kind of also talked about, which is, yeah, just teach from home until we, we know it. Yeah. I mean, it's all well and good saying it's really hard. And yes, there are certain students and kids who I'm sure would be capable of being trusted with the learning requirements made of them. You know, I'm thinking of sort of, you know, about to complete GCSEs, about to complete their A-levels and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, trust, again, trust the teenagers and the parents to be able to set them up to be able to have their lessons. You know, there must be a way of being able to manage that, even if some parents are having to work. You know, this mm -hmm. is a needs-must situation. You could argue, can't leave a, a kid at home to do GCSE work. And, but in this rare instance where a parent We are having to, go, to rethink everything. You can't stop, yeah. And I also like that he touched on what we did uh, a bit, that they might not have the fear for themselves and mm. their own health because they're constantly told, oh, this won't affect you, this won't affect you. Never mind, it affects every single thing in their life. But they're scared about bringing it home to of their course. older parents. I mean, imagine that responsibility if you I went to school know. and then your grandparent died. Thank you. Imagine the guilt. High anxiety puts mm. those kids under. Huge high, high anxiety. Huge responsibility. Yeah. Huge responsibility. Well, Huge. Too much for their shoulders to bear. OK, well, let's have a listen to Maddie's. And now, our lovely Maddie, I think I asked her the question, how are you and your friends feeling um, about lockdown potentially being eased a little? Mm. That's There's all talk of that happening. Yeah, I mean, although weekend. Maddie's homeschooled, many of her friends, most of her friends, in fact, are conventionally schooled. Mm. So let's have a listen. So um, I feel for my generation with uh, the whole talk of lockdown being lifted, I think, by Sunday or end of this week or something, I'm, I'm not too sure. From when I've, like, talked to my friends about it, we're all kind of at a point where we don't get excited about good news. We don't really listen to the good news because we just feel like we'll kind of be disappointed or get our hopes up because there's loads of times now where people have been saying, oh, you know, it's it's just going to be three weeks, which is going to be two, and it ends up being another three weeks. Um, so we've all decided that it's better to just assume it's going to be this whole year um, so that if it ends up clearing quite soon, then we'll be really, like, surprised about it. Um, and I think I know that a lot of my friends are quite annoyed because um, obviously it's you're allowed to still meet and kind of, like, at a distance. And I, I have a lot of friends that live really local, like a walk away. Um, and... We, you know, we just want to do stuff like, you know, sit outside the front door and have beef like two metres apart, just have like a quick conversation and catch up. Um, but a lot of my friends' parents are like, you're not allowed to meet your friends like distance at a distance or anything. But as soon as school is back, you need to go straight to school. And I think that's quite silly because if you go back to school, then you're going to be around loads of kids and you're going to be well, socialising, so what's the point in banning a kid from having, like, a two-metre distance socialise and then making them go to school? Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I feel like with people my age, we're just at that point where it's just like, it is what it is, we're sick to death of it, but we're just not going to be or get ex too excited about the end because 
we don't know when the end is and they keep promising it an end to be three weeks away and then it's another three weeks away and I mean we just know that this isn't going to clear up this year. it's not like this is just going to go away this year and it's not like stuff can go back to normal this year so there's no point in getting excited about the summer and all that stuff uh which is sad but <laughs> um but yeah I mean I feel like this generation's been like our whole lives we're kind of just being told bad news and like how our future isn't really there so at this point we're just like oh forget it <laughs> I've I've given up at this point what happens happens um but yeah I feel like nobody I know is necessarily excited about an end to this lockdown coming because we don't quite believe that that is true yet um and we don't want to get ourselves too worked up about it in case we get to Sunday and then they're just like oh another four months this is just the end of the beginning because uh, then we'd just be more upset. <laughs> mm, I mean, well, she has a light, light tone, but what she's saying there well, is there's so. no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. How are we going to keep our kids over a period of time motivated with any self, with any belief that they can they can get their lives back? I mean, she's right. Before this, it was constant that the planet has got ten years left. Mm. So you know, how do we? How do we get them to do anything? Well, well there was a, what I picked up there was knowing Maddie. Yes, there was a lightness there because she was mm. talking for this. But I could hear the resignation mm, in her and her that's generation. That's that's worrying. I can hear that this is just an you know interesting that this crisis actually for their generation is merely the next yeah. reminder that future. And let's not forget for teenagers principally, the near future is what their lives are about. You know, they are literally living, metaphorically, the rock and roll lifestyle. It's live today because, you know, old age is something that yeah. old people die of. Um, and so for them, short-term future, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, whatever it is, 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 is a massive deal. And yet at the same time, I hear in her there a remarkable resilience in her and her generation who are very sensibly mm. parking their expectations at the back end of the year. I mean, again, self-sustaining. They're making sure that they don't get overexcited, they don't run before they can walk, and they go, OK, well, let's assume it's this year, and if it's anything less, that'll be an added bonus. Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're a little <laughs> bit worried that she might tell you off, you can always come to lovely, cuddly old me <laughs> at, at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. Amanda T. Roach. My son is in year 10 with full life plans of university. Mm. He is so worried about his level of education. Aww. Well, this, this, and These this. These life plans of our kids, huh? This is a major concern because, of course, it's easy for us as homeschoolers to be thinking outside the system mm. and to not have, like, enough skin in the game with our two youngest girls. Though, of course, my eldest girls have succeeded immensely within the system. You know, they've got good degrees. Uh, it, my eldest, Izzy, has gone on and she's got a job. But interestingly, on that note, Izzy, who's in her mid-20s, she's in a place of great uncertainty because even the jobs that university was guaranteeing graduates, nearly all those companies are now having to look at, the, you know, recruitment drives. And Izzy just said this line to me, 
apropos of nothing, really. She was very matter of fact. She's been furloughed. Obviously, furloughing's coming to an end. But she said something like this. She said, well, I can't really even consider, you know, that freedom of youth where you think, I'll go mm. from this job to that job. Mm. I can do a bit mm. of restaurant work mm. or whatever. Should I can't, I haven't, should I don't feel, I've, I don't feel I've got the freedom of that. She said, because no. no one will be recruiting. No. No one no. will be recruiting anywhere. No. She said, there's no, there's no sort of, what do they call the, the sort of work where you can just do a, a shift at a restaurant oh, or a bar? Um, or a, uh, temporary. There's no temping work, but no there's no temping. hospitality temping no. work. Her boyfriend works in hospitality. hospitality you can't is- just pick up some cash. The hospitality is a massive And you made a problem. really good point this morning about football. Can... Why do they keep banging on about football? When football's but... going to be back. When are restaurants and bars yeah. and theatres and clubs and all these places that really give Sustaining so adults. many more jobs than football? But they How sus- many jobs absolutely. does football give us? But they sustain the young adult population. Yeah. So going back to this thought of, yes, there's plans for university. Because universities, I'm hearing, here's another interesting statistic around universities, which I've never really thought of until I read it. And most universities, we don't realise, but most universities really make their economic systems work, make their accounts work or balance through the use, through the inordinately large fees that they charge foreign students. It's how my university coped. Even when I was there, we had a hugely, ironically, massive Chinese connection. And so it was the foreign students that supplemented most of the courses in university. And that has happened more and more within our educational system. So they pay always about five times more tuition fees than anyone else. And that's what keeps the you know, money flowing through the higher education system. They're vaporising. They're going. There's something like 80 universities on the verge of considering bankruptcy or needing help because they can't afford to run the courses that are there for the domestic students. So you've got an assault on the higher education system's finances. You're then going to have an assault on them insofar as they're all talking about not doing face-to-face teaching from September. I don't have such a concern with that. If you think about it, the Open University has been doing it for years. But but let's not forget, a lot of kids want to go to university simply for the party. Of course they do. I mean, that's not good for business. You've got you've got other developing issues like uh, your nephew. You know, kids are paying are continuing to pay rental even though their final years have been cut short by almost six months because a lot of students hang on over the summer. So you've got the financial hit. So all of that grant and mm. and student loan is being used mm. to pay something Poor they're not kids. even using. And so I can really see. You know, he is. You know, Amanda. T. Roach, no wonder you're worried about his level of education. Because it's, it's worrying. Because it's worrying. We don't, we don't, we are un, in uncharted, uncharted waters. And look, someone else here, DGM5432 on Instagram, worried about job prospects for my 18 and 20 year olds. I mean, we haven't even really started to look towards, you know, hmm. the employment issues for young adults. Uh, which, let's face it, as parents, uh, well, no one told me that parenting carried on and got more intense beyond 18. Mm. It does. Everybody's going to be supplementing their kids and then everyone's exactly. worrying about their own jobs. We're worrying, you know, yeah. Oh, We've got another comment Hot here. Hot Wheels Daily Life's response. Why are teens like me getting a bad reputation when so many are doing the right thing? Well, so well, many think, are yeah. doing the so right thing. The and right I thing. get very cross and I always stand up for teens when I hear that awful phrase, snowflake generation and all of that. I think that you're facing the most difficult of times. So um I think as a generation you've yeah. got a brilliant I mean, when we get out of this, you'll be able to look back and go, No yeah. shit, Sherlock. I dealt I was, with the, I dealt with the yeah. fucking coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. I'm a corona generation, none of that fucking oh snowflake. Oh my shit. god. Oh yeah. my god. And I have to say they've shown I I've been so impressed by Fleur. Izzy, Maddie and Kiki, all four of them in very different circumstances, one at university in a final year, one at work, one 17, just becoming 18 and Kiki. They have all 
been be managed brilliant. to be so self-sufficient. That's not to say they haven't had really down times. It's not to say they're not struggling. They're to have a down time, yeah. self-sufficient. Yeah. This is what we were saying to Maddie yesterday. She was really down. She didn't want to eat. She wanted to just sleep. I said, you know what? Just sit with this. Yeah. Sit with this feeling because it is this bad. Yeah. And I think, and, and and by the evening, she'd pulled herself up, hadn't mm. she? And I think that's a really important thing mm. with teens because they are pushing through an awful lot. I mean, mm. the whole of their lives has been completely changed, well, turned com- upside down. Completely changed. All week. my friends are the same. All their kids, all their teens are doing really, are really being yeah. so um, responsible yeah. and taking it on the chin. Absolutely. And when I look at each of the, our four girls, if you look at each of their circumstances, they're all at those different crucial points in a child's education and development, if you like, that I don't even really want to think about the potential knock-on effects of what this will have. Because, of course, Mm. you know, for Kiki, who's thinking about returning to school in a couple of years, you can see she's already looking at the situation going, well, hang on Will I be able to go? Will I be able to go? And if I can go, how's that going to be? Am I going to get the thing from that experience that I was hoping to? You've got Maddie, obviously, moving into Maddie's, Maddie's sort of shtick is performing arts. It's acting and it's singing. And they work in venues. What's going to happen to venues? Is he's in a job where she's furloughed? Will they keep her? I, think, I was thinking of all the actors and actresses just, just yeah. coming out of drama school. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, it's, yeah. People think of actors as actors, you know, all having these wonderful lives, oh, earning no, a lot no. of money. It is a tiny portion of actors. Most actors live just below the poverty line, don't they? Yeah. And I mean, what chance is there? What chance is there? I don't know. I don't know. So we've got a comment here saying my son, again, doesn't see a good future job-wise. So studying is really hard. So anxious. Really hard to stay really motivated. Really hard. Really hard. Really hard. And again, I'm I'm grateful for, um, yeah. What? <laughs> it's, well, you know, we the girls aren't, you know, obviously we do... We, with Kiki, you mm. know, she's still, she's 12, so she's still doing her maths and her English and the science. Mm. And and because it's just much more free-flowing, because it's home education and she's already used to it, but trying to get your kids to stay motivated and stay in front of a computer for four or five hours mm. a day and recreate school at home is terribly, terribly difficult mm. for people. And so that's, so I just, again, I was just, yeah. My heart was going out to everyone, basically. <laughs> What do you think? I, I mean, I remember reading a an article by uh, someone who was going through, you know, they're much further along in Italy, and they were talking about how, you know, you're going to get through. There was a sort of pink cloud of excitement around lockdown, wasn't there? In a way, it was like everything stopped, and it's kind of like relative to now. There was a sort of, okay, we're all scared, but my God, this is new, this is novel. People were well, we, well, well, initially, we were riding on the wave of relief. Relief. Because we'd gone into lockdown, and we felt we could be safe. Yes. Because it felt like the virus was everywhere, and we, yeah. who, was, yeah. who was it going to get? Yeah. And so there was that and then there was the spending more time i i i will still say i am fine with lockdown i've got no problem with Mm, lockdown mm. only hurts me because of the children so Mm. i'm still in a grateful place i still feel a lot of gratitude for the intensity of with my friends that the intensity that we're having as a family Mm. the time spent together the eating nice food the hanging out the working hard creating we're very creative people so we're creating a lot so I still feel all of that my pain will always be and when I look back on this will be the horror for our kids that yeah. that's that's the very worst part of it for me well I do think I do think wanting to sort of come out of this conversation with a degree of sort of positive here's my thing I'm not I'm not for a minute going to advocate the breaking of the breaking of rules or the breaking of the law or anything like that but I do genuinely feel 
that for any parent out there who's really, really, you know, wringing their hands over this and worrying and, and is and is stressed by the prospect of what the right next move to do is or make is. I've I've heard people on the radio, I've seen people on the news, and my sense of it for myself would be I think you have every right until September of this year as a parent to do what is right for you and what yeah. is right for your children. And yeah. I think you can be absolutely bold in ignoring the, the guidance and the advice. Now, of course, that becomes very complicated if your employer or ever starts to pull employment law on you. But I think regarding your children, if there's a way around it that you can find, I think, I think observe it because, you know, this fingers, you know, fingers crossed, touching wood, this will not happen again. I think the world has been jolted into an electric shock of response in the scientific world. We're going to try and guard against this come what may. So I think for this one moment in time, I think you're you're right and you're you're safe to do what you feel is right for your children, right for your family and right for your own mental health as well as physical well, health. Well, whether the government will allow that or not, but I absolutely agree. I think that we should be allowed to make those choices for our children. Well, I think even if the government disallow it, I think we are in a situation now where they have demonstrably proven they are incompetent in knowing what to say to us at the right times and give us the right guidance at the right times. Following what science? Dominic Cummings is science. I don't trust his science. He's not a scientist. Mm. You know, that's the science Boris was getting at the beginning. So, you know, I don't trust, I don't mm. trust the advice I'm getting from my own government. Oh, what no, do you do I in mean, this situation? we know that observe... Boris, Boris had, that, this, had, had the documents instructing mm. not to touch people. And, and, and two days after he'd been given those documents, he proudly said on the news, yeah. I, you'll be glad to hear I've been shaking everyone's hand with coronavirus. Yeah. It's very, very difficult for yeah. us to turn around as parents and go, OK, we're going to put the most precious thing on earth, our children, yeah. in, into your hands to make decisions. Well, so I also really we, do. But I do think as a nation we did do that. And I think where the government yeah. have really screwed up here is that as parents, it's very hard as parents to to hand full responsibility for your own children yeah. and brood over to someone else. But we trusted them. I don't trust them now. And then I'm looking at my children, and I'm sure mm. this must be the case of the vast majority of parents listening to this. So if you don't trust them, and let's face it, they're only a bunch of humans too, from a very particular walk of life, I hasten to add too, mm. very privileged, very sort of rah-rah, come on, push on, push on, jolly mm. hockey sticks, not necessarily relevant to everyone's life. I think you're all right to just, with a bit of circumspection, go, do you know what, Boris and co., I'm not actually going to send my kid to school until September. Let's see where we are in September. Mm. Let's do an audit mm. then. Agree, we've got to get the economy going. Mm. But let's, you know, let's look at it then. Mm. One more comment here, last one. Sarah's, Sarah Nutrition, Sarah's Nutrition's is the name of the person. Not interested in schoolwork at all. I don't push them, age 13 and 15 from a single mum, Sarah. Good on you for just saying that. Because I think... A lot of people worry about saying that. But I think that... I think they will recover. And let's say, well, like, in, listen to our homeschooling podcast where we talk about there's so many different mm. ways to learn. Yes. And this can be a time of them being, really getting into the things that they love and being creative mm. and, and being self-starters and not being a slave to, to the system. But there you go, we are quite radical. <laughs> I was just, as, as you were saying that, I was sitting there thinking, you know what we should get the girls to do? We should get them just to draw a picture of how they feel, just of how yeah. they feel, just a, sort of a, almost a cartoon character of how they feel about yeah. I bet it would be, I don't know what it would be. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the thing is, we are, yeah, what do we do? What do we do? What do we say? Where Where do we go? I don't know. I came into this absolutely hopeless, got hope. And now I'm feeling hopeless again. <laughs> I feel like I've talked myself out of everything I've said, other than what I'm really saying is what we have taught, what the kids have learned 
is not to trust that those in authority actually know what the fuck they're talking about. But to be fair, a lot of where they've messed up has been that everyone's scrabbling around because nobody's had a pandemic before, but they've, they have yeah, messed no, up on, over and over again as well. We but, both but, feel, in our opinion. Well, OK, all right, you're doing the... OK, yeah, OK, you're sorting out the kind of... Yeah, the, the, the potential legalities on all of this, but I'm, I'm not worried about that. Here's the thing. I, I, it's analogous to this. You know when you're watching a, a really obvious horror film, but you're in for the ride, you're kind of watching it, you want it to be scared, and the person who's least, least appropriately um, equipped to deal with a monster goes into the woods and you're all sat on the sofa screaming don't go into the woods why do horror films always do this that is how I have felt almost at every stage of the government's response mm. I don't want my child to be the one going mm. into the woods mm. Mm. so if I was in that if this is a horror film our dogs were screaming at the screen why are you letting Cheltenham go ahead? The dogs were. Yeah, Chi-Chi. Because it was so obvious. Chi-Chi, she licked her bits and bobs and she looked up and went, Cheltenham's a bit of a why stupid idea. Those, why are all those people so close together? Yeah. Oh, now the rugby. Why are all those people yeah. so close? And now you want them all back together in the school and on the buses and going in and out of the newsagents to get the sweets or to get the whatever. We don't feel safe enough quite yet. Thank you very much. No. So I'm going to go and lock myself in a cupboard. <laughs> God, I love you all, teams. Yeah. I know a lot of you listen to this podcast and we just want to say, Oh, it makes me emotional again. It's 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 really really tough. tough. It is shit. You know, we can't say that it's not as adults. Mm. We can't, but we will get through it. There will be a way out of it. But we 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 hear you that it's really hard to see mm. it because mm. it it is for all of us. And I think most parents out there really, really cradle however erratic or moody or badly behaved your teenagers are being, cut them a little bit more slack than normal. Not if they're routinely bad kids and they are bad kids and just worse kids now, but do cut them all some slack because this is an absolute deal breaker for teenagers because mm. they live for tomorrow. They don't live for a year to two years to three years time. They live for, you know, the next two or three months and they have just watched a summer removed and they're, they're entertaining thoughts of next year. That's a big ask. It's a big ask. Mm. Stay safe. I'm going to go and give Maddie a hug. I'm going to go and eat a sandwich. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>